What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Hey, back with you. Top of the hour here on Coffee and Cream in the Morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency. He's Damon Benning. I'm Andrew Rogers, and we are live from the H&H Chevrolet stage at Hale Varsity Club. Thanks for joining us. 590 AM ESPN Omaha, 590, I just said that, 1480 ESPN Lincoln, live on Twitter, live on YouTube. And now I'd like to bring in Alex Ba. Ba is the head coach of the boys' basketball team at Lincoln Southwest. Alex, Good morning. Good morning, guys. Thanks for having me on. Hey, appreciate you, man. It's it's always a it's always a treat when we get to talk to you, and in particular on a personal level, man. I I you know I enjoy the the heck out of you, man. And congratulations on a good start to the season so far. Thank you. I appreciate it. Hey, Coach Lincoln has produced some really solid basketball up to this point, and uh, that won't be changing anytime soon. You guys are currently eighth in the class. Uh, one big one tonight against Lincoln East. A two-part question here for you because you've had about a week off. How did those seven days get this team ready for today? And what's the rivalry like up in Lincoln in games like this, especially because of just the sheer level of competition we get to experience every Friday night in Lincoln? Well, to start, I mean, I think these breaks at this point of the season can be a blessing and a curse at times. I mean, it's it's nice to get a one-game week to prepare, uh, but, you know, it, the challenge is, you know, keeping guys focused and locked in for an entire week of practice. Um, the rivalries in Lincoln are insane this year. Uh, you know, the, Lincoln is as talented top to bottom as it's been in as long as I can remember, and I don't think anybody disagrees with that. So, you know, whereas it used to maybe be one or two Lincoln games you'd have on the, the schedule that would pack a gym in a season, it's it's night after night, weekend after weekend. We're getting full gym uh, every night. So we got to be ready to go against East tonight, just like we've had to be in every Lincoln game to this point. It's interesting. We were talking to Kevin Suits a couple of days ago, and he and I asked him – so I asked him right after the hack tournament if he was ready to make any bold predictions about – Lincoln High School basketball, and, and, and very sure. calm, cool Kevin Suits-like, he said, I think I'll wait. There's this round-robin <laughs> schedule coming up the next three weeks. Let me sort it out. It has been a gauntlet. And if you're trying to play the math linear game of A plus B equals C, so C equals, that doesn't work. How in, the, how in the world are you negotiating the scout versus opponent performance versus what you think you bring to the table? Do you just simply make it about your guys? Well, I mean, to be honest with you, the scout in Lincoln is pretty easy because we know each other so well. That I is mean, true, like, especially the kids. You know, it, yeah, so the kids know each other, the coaches know each other, so East knows exactly what to expect from us tonight, and we know exactly what to expect from them. Um, I think the key to this season has been, uh, you know, I think if you remove Bellevue West, I think this is as wide open as Class A has been in as long as I can remember. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you've got Lincoln incredibly talented top to bottom. I think what you got to do is just hang in there. You know, I mean, it, it, 
you're not going to win every game in Lincoln. No one's going to. No one has. And so it's just building towards playing your best basketball by the end of February, and it's making sure you bring it every night against Lincoln opponents because you're going to have to to win games. Alex, offense can come in all shapes and sizes in high school basketball. Um, It can also come in a lot of different ways. I mean, for your group, uh, it's the long ball. You guys like to shoot the three. Now, Southwest is 9% above the national average for three-point attempts, but have made 36% more than the national average projects by this point, too. So, based on this model of being a perimeter-heavy offense, what goes into your prep as a coach uh, to draw plays in order to get your shooters open and play to their strengths? Well, you know, those are stats I was not aware of. I appreciate you running those facts. I'll have to double-check with my coaching staff to see if those are stats that we like. Uh, we want to get out and run. Uh, you know, so it starts with transition for us. And, uh, you know, we've got the athleticism to do it, and that's our program philosophy. We want to play uh, fast and get up and down and make plays in space. So, you know, a lot of that starts with us hopefully getting defensive stops uh, pushing the ball fast in transition, putting some pressure on the rim, and then having guys that can stretch to corners in transition and knock down some threes. So, you know, I don't know that we have any one just bonafide lights-out shooter, uh, you know, but we've got a lot of guys that can make it from the arc and a lot of guys that can attack the rim, and so it opens that up. I go all the way back to, and this is pre you winning – a state championship with True Blood and those guys obviously yeah. covered you a ton yeah. doing your broadcast. I'm this is fascinating just because you and I both know I've seen so many of these kids since they've been young. So I, I yep. I've seen the Ryland Smith, the Chuck Loves. You got Helms. You've got Frager. Um, yep. You got a ton of options. How do you know how you want to play to make sure that you're complementing all your strengths? Oh, that's the – I mean, I think that's been the biggest challenge. Of I didn't even mention Boom, who uh, I think is, is integral too. So, it's like, you got options. Absolutely. Oh, we've got, we've got so many options yeah. that if we as a coaching staff, I think, tried to micromanage it and make sure we got the ball in this guy's hands at this time and that guy's hands at that time against this opponent, I think it would be a misstep. So, I think our upside – is our ability to have it be any guy on any given night. And so if you can just get guys to play hard, share the ball, mm-hmm. and play on instincts, uh, that's where you have success. The challenge becomes is getting a lot of, and we don't have selfish guys, but getting guys that are as capable offensively as every one of our players is to live with the fact that one night it might be 20 and the next night it might be you know, so it's a lot of uh, psychological management and emotional management throughout the season and trying to get everybody on the same page that our one goal is sharing the ball and winning games. We're talking to Alex Ba, Lincoln Southwest head boys basketball head coach. Toss him a follow on Twitter at Alex underscore Ba. DB just talked about uh, the grouping of players in your, in your, on your team, I should say. But let's talk about your team's leading scorer now. What's there to love about Chuck Love? Oh, I mean, he can really put it in the basket. I mean, he he is a special talent that I think is, you know, you forget that he's just a sophomore. Um, And I think he's maturing every day and expanding his game every every day. 
Um, so he's a real offensive talent. He's got a ton of potential defensively. And I think it's been games for him when he re- recognizes how disruptive his links can be defensively, uh, that it leads to offense for both him and us. So I'm just excited to see how he continues to progress because so much of his best basketball is ahead of him, and he's already played really well as a sophomore. I know we've only got to got to get you out here at eight twelve because you're you, the duality <laughs> of the coach teacher. Uh, two two quick ones from me. Uh, I'll get into to East and the scout here in a second, but you know we do NEB preps every week with with Jacob Padilla, and we we really try to yeah. cover and scour high school basketball. So we watch you guys close. And the last couple of weeks, uh, Frager, Braden Frager has really started to kind of come on. We knew about – well, I've known about his athleticism for a long time and his versatility. He's, I think he's kind of finding a fit now within your offense. Yep. How, how key a cog do you think his evolution has been as you kind of want to play for the long game uh, in, in late February? Yeah, I'm not quite sure why he falls under the radar as much as he does. I agree. He's <laughs> right there at talent level. Yeah. And his the most important piece that he does for us is he rebounds. Um, so he is an outstanding rebounder. And then when we want to push in, in, in transition like we do, when you have a guy that can rebound as a big, really, lead, lead the break, uh, go coast to coast, advance the ball. He's just a pretty versatile uh, offensive player. He's shooting it well from the arc for us this year. I think he's close to 50%. He's close to 50%. Yeah, and, and so it, it, he's, he's taking good shots from the arc uh, and showing that he can stretch defenses, and then when they come out and guard him there, he can use his athleticism and left-hand drive to get all the way to the rim and Eddie's incredible finisher there as you know uh, so let me get to the east real quick before we get you out of here you coach campbell it's funny to watch you guys you're kind of old school in your mentalities and you never <laughs> you guys never really embraced the aau summer circuit so you guys stayed lower level coaching kids which i think is fantastic yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so i'm watching the evolution of guys like carter mick one of my favorite two sport athletes uh, we know about Temple yeah. Meyer. W- when you look at east what concerns you tonight outside of the fact that you know they're going to be well coached Oh, they're going to be well-coached. They're going to be disciplined. They're going to defend. I mean, they're going to compete. Um, and I think similar to us, they've got a lot of offensive weapons in their starting lineup. Um, I think one key that maybe the average fan overlooks is it's going to be really important for us to keep uh, Melissa. They're big off the uh, – Starting to come around, isn't he? That's He's starting yeah, to come yeah, around. Yeah. And, that, and that's going to be a big challenge for us. Um, but they've got a lot of guys that can do a lot of things. They shoot three well. They put it on the on the floor well and can get to the rim. And they're so good at getting to two feet that when you think you've got a drive stop, they're running cutters on the backside and you just got to stay on your toes all the time defensively. Um, the one thing I will say that we like going into this game is they want to play fast, yeah. just like we do. And so I do think this game will get to a tempo we like, um, and we won't necessarily have to work for it to get it there. 
Uh, and so it should be a fun game to play and a fun game to watch. Coach, we appreciate your time. Thanks so much. Hey, next time we get you, next time we get you, Coach, I, you know I want to pick your brain about ball screens and the lack thereof, man. It's always <laughs> oh, fast. I love that. I, I can, we can get in the weeds, stand them anytime you want on that stuff. I love my, to talk my, my, my favorite. I appreciate you, Coach. Enjoy school. All right. Thanks, guys. I will. <laughs> Bye. He's one of the few really, really good coaches. Right. That's not a huge fan of ball screens. Doesn't like adding extra defenders and his philosophy is fantastic i think there's other ways i can get guys open shots and kind of his evolution how he wants to coach man he is uh and it's great too because his son's pretty good they they coach youth basketball and neither he nor coach campbell want to get in the weeds with the aau high school summer well we heard coach campbell a couple weeks ago he's like hey full disclaimer i coach the young guys i stay out of that drama hey i'll tell you what too if if this is a coach that has won a state championship yeah. before. I'll buy into not setting ball screens. He's, Something he's, was working he's fantastic. when he won at Elkhorn South. Absolutely. And he's a good leader, and leadership comes in a lot of different ways. And uh, you yeah. received some information yeah, about so, so leadership I, I, just a few moments ago. Yeah, just talking with one of my guys, and because we we're, we're talking about recruiting, right? And he's a big – he, so his, he's a huge fan. Of, of another school in, in the Big 12, and I don't often like to say their name. It's just typically horns down uh, when he and I are talking. <laughs> but, you know, we're going back to leadership and being authentic. And he says, you know, to be a good leader, uh, when you're recruiting, you have to first know what you're trying to accomplish. If there are folks that have worked with you before, they understand your vision and intent. So to me, that's implying the guys that Coach Rule is kind of bringing in the fray and guys that know him. He says if you don't, you have to reteach those folks. More of your time can be focused on helping the newer staff along. This is just funny. You know, he's, he's like an example I'll give because he's always around young people, which is why I like mm-hmm. him. His daughters are fantastic. He says, I coach YMCA basketball and have done it for years. He says, the first session is always hectic because none of the kids know what to expect. If I have a kid rejoin me in the second session, the kids that had me before are familiar with me and know the drill and my expectations. It's so much easier and I think I, I the reason I like that is because some have made light of comparing and contrasting bringing over a full staff oh coach Ross brought over his guys and and that didn't work and none of them have experience at the power five level and this that and the other right and then we got the compare and contrast I was getting all those um those pie charts, right? And it's those Venn diagrams on coaching experience and youth and how they have less Power 5 coaching experience than than this staff or that staff and some cause for trepidation. And I always think, and I don't know what you think about this, sometimes the trump card to inexperience at a certain level can be familiarity with how you go about your business. And I don't know what the give and take is in that in terms of that because I don't have enough case studies. Right. But there is something to be said for familiarity and being able to get on the same page, which we've seen this Nebraska staff. That's why they've been able to get off and running. Right. Right? I mean, no, I'm with you. It's not just it the leadership. It's just what Coach Satterfield tell us. I know exactly what he's thinking. He can be off doing this, this, and this. And our staff is familiar enough to know this is what we need to be doing in the meantime. Right. Which is why I said earlier on in the show, I think they're the exception to the rule after hearing, uh, no pun intended, after hearing Lance and you give your guys' perspectives from another coach's viewpoint because it is unfair to maybe 
pull in every single coach um, throughout this recruiting process because Matt Rule sets an expectation for this area that is maybe so out of the norm. Um, and so it's a, this it, is it, a different cool. this is a different time, right? In right. high school athletics, right? There is a lot of really good players, and fresh on the heels of losing the Gatorade Player of the Year and, and Flores, I think there's this heightened level of sensitivity. Mm-hmm. And remember, Coach Rule said it himself: you know, we need to keep our in-state guys in state. Like he, he he's been unabashed about about saying that, so everybody can see the real progress because the misnomer was is that coach frost didn't do a good job with kids in state actually relatively speaking did a pretty good job especially his first couple of years with keeping kids in state now you know he misses on mike o'reilly ducker and caden helms and keegan johnson and some guys like that but um for the most part given the talent level it, it's kind of a little bit of revisionist mm-hmm. history. And, and, and Coach Rule is going to have his work cut out. But I do think when he tweets things like enough's enough, I think that's a lot of what he's talking about. Like you just can't – as the state school, you have to make it uncomfortable for folks just to come around, right? I, the more I think about it, it's intentional. Oh, you're here for the second time during the day? You want to let that school know that you're still here. <laughs> right. You want to let that other school know that you're just now leaving, right? It's like, I, I, I don't know. I, I just think it's fascinating when I look at what I think they want the finished product to be in terms of fit. I read the article last night. A guy on Twitter sent it to me, Jeff, from Mike Farrell, who, Shane, we should probably grab for the show, uh, about why he thinks Matt Rule – can work at Nebraska and it's hard not it was hard for me reading that deal from Farrell to not be all in like yep he's exactly right because he's saying from his perspective in full disclosure he's like I don't even know coach rule like that I just know guys he's coached with and guys he's coached against I'm an east coast guy so I have connections and this is what I'm getting he's all about fit and all I could do after reading that I was like that's all you and I ever talk mm-hmm. about with why I think he's gotten off to a good, such a good start is because I told you right after junior day, when you're comping the 20 guys in that room and you're basing it on something right. that you've ever – oh, Mason Goldman. Yeah, Mason Goldman's a lot like this guy, and he can do this and with this frame. And it's like when you're talking to Mason and you're doing that, that's why you cancel visits to other schools. Right. <laughs> And it's and it's cool because it resonates with everybody. Oh, his yeah. his message of fit goes with everyone. Do we have time for trivia? We only have about six minutes left in this segment. Do I have to leave? I'll kick you out. Let's let's play. I, I think we could get it done in six minutes. All right. All right. DB yeah. headset off. Just come back in about three minutes. I'm going to bring Mike in on the show. Mike. Uh, good morning, Mike. How you doing? Good. How you doing? Hey, good man. Hey, you're playing for a Hale Varsity Club gift card, a $25 gift card to be exact. All you got to do is beat DB in trivia. Sound good? Sounds good to me. All right, you get answer choices. He doesn't, but he does get one Hail Mary in order to get the answer choices uh, for one question. But here's your first question. Caitlin Clark joined Dwayne Wade earlier this week as the only women's or men's Division I players with a triple-double versus an AP top two opponent since 1999. What Conference USA team at the time did D. Wade play for? Was it Louisville, Marquette, or Cincinnati? 
Marquette. Question number two. Frank Reich was named the head coach of the Carolina Panthers yesterday, the sixth head coach in franchise history, excluding interims. Who was the longest tenured head coach for the organization? Was it Dom Capers, Ron Rivera, or John Fox? Oh, I'm going to say John Fox. And question number three, Mike, contrary to popular belief, it was Scott Rowland who was elected into Baseball's Hall of Fame. Not Mark Gray, Shane, just so you know. Uh, Scott Rowland? <laughs> he won a World Series oh, with the Cardinals in 2006. Who won World Series MVP that year? Was it Albert Pujols, David Eckstein, or Chris Carpenter? I'm going to do, I don't know, Albert Pujols. Okay, and your tiebreaker question, how many – Total career points does Caitlin Clark currently have? Just throw out a number. Closest one gets it. <laughs> no idea. Let's just say uh, 500. 500. Thank you, Mike. Shaner, can you go let DB in? We're going to bring DB back. Mike, how's your day going? It's going, man. Uh, enjoying myself on coffee and cream right now. Hey, I love it. I love it. We appreciate you having you on the show. DB, it seems like you've got your work cut out for you. You excited? Mike, I'm going to keep you on are, the line. Feel free to react of, anytime. Just don't give away any answers. You are coming off a loss. Yeah, Kendall got me. Although he had audience help, so there's, since there's no But then pressure. you tied Shane. Okay. No, you beat Shane. Okay. You beat Shane. So, so you're technically off, you're off a win. Okay, we got about three minutes here. All right, I'll hustle. Question number one. Caitlin Clark joined Dwayne Wade earlier this week as the only men's or women's Division I players with a triple-double versus an AP Top 2 opponent since 1999. What Conference USA team at the time did D. Wade play for? Marquette. DB, question number two. Frank Reich was named the head coach of the Carolina Panthers yesterday, the sixth head coach in franchise history, excluding interims. Who was the longest tenured head coach for the organization? Mm. That's my franchise. That one got me. Uh, it's, <laughs> I'm glad I had the choice. It's either, uh, <laughs> it's either Fox or Rivera. Uh, give me John Fox. And question number three, contrary to popular belief, it was Scott Rowland who was elected into baseball's Hall of Fame as a part of the 2023 <laughs> class, not Mark Grace. Wow. He won a World Series with the St. Louis Cardinals in 2006. You're a child. <laughs> <laughs> who was World Series MVP that year? <sighs> Remember, you do have the Hail Mary left. God, was it Eckstein? Give me, give me a, give me the, give me a. The answer choices. Yeah, it's either Albert Pujols, David Eckstein, or Chris Carpenter. Ooh. Uh, give me. Is it the obvious? I think it's. A, give me David Eckstein. And tiebreaker question: How many? Career total points to this point does Caitlin Clark have? Oh, Lord. Are you serious? Yeah, just closest to the number. Uh, how many years has she been there? Two? I, can't, I didn't give that to Mike, so I'm not going to give that to you. Uh, so let's, <laughs> let's see. 35 games. She goes 20 a night, so that's at least 700. <laughs> she has 
1,500 career points. 1,550. 1,550. Changing his mind. Thanks, DB. Let's go through them. Mike, can you win a gift card? The answer to question number one, D-Wade played for Marquette. Nice job, both of you. Each got it right. The longest tenured head coach in the Carolina Panthers organization is indeed John Fox. You both got it right. Let's go. And the World Series MVP in 2006 Mike, oh, unfortunately, God. it was not Albert Pujols. It was oh, David Eckstein. Let's go! DB <laughs> takes you down, gets three right, and if it if it helps, you didn't get the tiebreaker either. Caitlin Clark is I was, twenty. I was not even twenty-one ninety-eight. Iowa, any sport. <laughs> Mike, we appreciate it. We should it. give him a gift card just for that. Yeah, exactly. Maybe we'll give you a ten-dollar gift card. Yeah, I'll write your stay name. Stay on down. the line with Shane. <laughs> We're talking to Robin Washit next.